Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of The Art of NVC. Today, we're going to talk about an outline of all four steps of NVC. So let's get right into it. Step one of NVC. There's actually a preliminary step. The preliminary step is observing in yourself that you're feeling triggered or observing in someone else that they feel triggered. As soon as you are feeling annoyed, aggravated, or really anything other than joy while interacting with someone, that's a good sign that you might want to start using some NVC principles, nonviolent communication. Okay, so the first step is bring up, bring awareness, bring attention to the occurrence that is stimulating this feeling within you that is other than joy. And do that using only observable facts. So if it's not an observable fact, the alternative is it's an opinion or it's in a judgment. And those things are likely to trigger people. As soon as people are triggered, communication breaks down. The whole point of NVC is to solve problems, come up with solutions, and deepen connections. It is not to prove someone wrong or prove that you're right or to defend yourself. Um, defending yourself a lot of times is really unnecessary. Just you, you can skip that step. Just get right to solutions. And when a solution is found, there's no need to defend anything anymore. And you want to build more connection as opposed to overpowering someone. Like if you're a parent, you can obviously overpower your child. Uh, but it's better to deepen the connection and find a win-win solution. So, for example, you are a parent and you have a child and their room is what you, you, you would say their room is very messy. However, that's not how you would state it because very messy is a judgment and an, and an opinion. You want to use observable facts to bring it up to your child. So instead of saying your room is a mess, because if you say your room is a mess, you're implying they're wrong, they're bad, and they're likely to get either triggered or defensive in one way or another. And then the whole process is going to be a lot harder. And the goal of you bringing up that the room is a mess is you want them to clean the room, right? It's not to make them feel bad. You just want the room to be clean. So instead of saying your room is a mess, you want to use observable facts, which might be your bed is unmade. There's dirty clothes on the floor, and I can see um, many dirty dishes and uneaten meals on your desk, and you have cords scattered around, right? As, as you say all these things, the child can look around and see all these things. Hard to deny, hard to get triggered, because you're not implying they're bad or wrong. You're just pointing out observable facts. Um, another situation that might occur would be, say, someone in, someone in the house is playing music so loud that the bass is shaking the walls. So when you go talk to them to find a solution to this challenge, if you say, hey, you're playing your music way too loud, even way too loud is a judgment. How do you know what, what where's the, what's the proper level? Nobody knows the proper level. It's kind of, it's, a, it's an opinion and it says they're wrong for playing it too loud. You're implying that there's a perfect level and they're not there. They're playing at the way too loud level. They're likely to get a little irritated, a little triggered. So if you can use an observable fact, you could say, um, 
I can hear your music all the way in, in my room. And in fact, it's actually shaking the walls. That, those are observable facts that are much easier to hear than you're playing your music way too loud. Another instance could be, say, you're cooped up with your family for days on end from government order. And someone wants to keep engaging you and talk and you want to feel you want to be alone for a minute you want some private time and they keep trying to get you into conversation so the observable fact is it it depends on the situation but it might be something like you've mentioned several times that you want to talk about politics that's the fact you just brought it up the if you were to say something like say they just keep wanting you know they want they want to talk about politics and you don't you're you're over it at the moment yeah the observable fact is they keep bringing it up and we're going to get to the other steps i'm going to use those three scenarios to illustrate the steps but the point is the first step you want to you, you want to bring awareness bring attention to whatever is occurring that is stimulating your feelings of anger or you know other than joy feelings other than joy and you just kind of want to leave all your opinions out. And you do not want to imply that they are bad or wrong. You don't need to. It's unnecessary. I don't know why we're like this. I'm included. We just want to point out how they're bad and wrong right away. And it's like the worst tactic. They're just going to get defensive and irritated and triggered. Then they can no longer hear you. It's much harder to have a real conversation and find solutions when people are triggered. So, step one, observe, point out the stimulus for the feelings of something other than joy with observable facts. Step two, um, reveal how you are authentically feeling in that moment. It's very simple, but there's very simple ways to get it wrong, and then everything will blow up in your face sometimes. That's, I mean... Using NVC is really powerful. It's very effective. The ch- there's challenges to it, though. It's When you do it wrong, sometimes it's like worse. Sometimes the pr- people get even more angry because they feel like you're trying to manipulate them. But it's okay. You might get it wrong. In the long term, it's really worth the effort. NVC really works. I promise you, it works. It's powerful. It builds connection. It, it's Using NVC can turn every conflict into an opportunity for a deeper connection. That is the truth. Okay, so second step, to reveal how you feel. Now, what a feeling is usually one word. I feel sad. I feel angry. I feel furious. I feel concerned. I feel ashamed. One thing you don't want a feeling to do, like, okay, here's... I feel angry is a feeling. I feel disrespected is not a feeling. That's very common. I feel misunderstood. Those are actually not feelings. Misunderstood and disrespected. Those are perceptions. Those are statements that imply someone else is doing something wrong and they're doing it to you and you are a victim to their wrongdoing. So if I tell someone I feel disrespected by you, I am judging them as being disrespectful. I'm implying they're bad and wrong. They're likely to get triggered and defensive. And communication is likely to break down. You don't need to speak like that. 
So the rule is, the concept is, if you're feeling, and when you're expressing how you feel, if you are implying that if something was done to you, then it's not a feeling, it's a perception. So some more examples of feelings that sound like feelings. And I have a whole episode on this. I don't know what number it is, but if you look up, it's feelings that aren't feelings. So we dive into this deeper because it's a lot of people get this one, find this one challenging. But other things that might sound like a feeling but aren't are, I feel tricked. No, I'm implying you tricked me and you're bad and wrong. I feel neglected. Again, I'm feeling uh, I'm implying you're bad and wrong for neglecting me. You should be paying more attention. Um, these are just like subtle little guilt trips, subtle little ways to imply they're bad or wrong, but by seemingly just expressing how you feel. It's not true. That's violent, according to NVC. Um, I feel bamboozled. I feel hustled. I feel put down. I feel ganged up on. All these are not feelings. Okay, so here's a trick that you can tell, you can attest, you can use on yourself if you're about to say something and you're like, I'm not sure if this is a feeling or a perception. Can you feel that way if you are alone on a desert island? If so, then it's probably a feeling. You know, you can obviously stretch this to like, I feel disrespected. If you're alone on a desert island, it's kind of hard to feel disrespected. If you really want to go out of your way to feel disrespected, you can think your way into that, I'm sure. But for this analogy, if you're on a desert island, you're not likely to feel disrespected, tricked, cheated, bamboozled, ganged up on. You know, there's no one else to do those things to you. But you can't feel sad. You can't feel lonely. You can't feel anxious. You can't feel furious. You can't feel frustrated. Okay? So that's key. You want your feeling to be an actual feeling. Okay, and here's another thing that we do when we're challenged when you're stating how you feel. Almost everybody does this. So they'll say, I feel like you never listen to me. That's not a feeling. That's why I say a feeling is one word. Anytime you're using more than one word to express how you feel, there's going to be most likely hidden judgments and um, implica- implying that someone else is bad and wrong. And that's what you want to stay away from in every step of NBC. I feel like you never listen to me is a judgment, is an evaluation, is a diagnosis. It is not a feeling. It implies they're bad and wrong. It implies they should be listening to you. It implies you're a victim to their not listening to you. That's not the truth. Underneath that, you might, might say, I feel concerned. I feel anxious. I feel upset that, you know, and we'll get to the next steps later. Yeah, so I, you never want to start off how you express how you feel with I feel as if or I feel like. Those, those always are going to be judgments. I feel like you just don't care. I feel like I do way more than you around the house. I feel like you never clean. These are not feelings. These are judgments and perceptions disguised as feelings. And you want to avoid those. Because that's where the trickery comes in. And it's so sometimes it's so frustrating to hear someone talk to you like that because it sounds right, but you feel that it's wrong. And with NVC, it's about finding solutions. We're not trying to make anybody feel bad. We're not trying to prove anybody wrong. We just want to find a solution and in the process, build a deeper connection. So step two, reveal how you feel. Okay. And another part, big part of step two is owning how you feel being accountable for how you feel and not blaming anyone else or anything for how you feel. 
So in step one, uh, or the example one, the clean room, you, you go to your child's room and you see, hey, the, your bed is unmade, there's clothes on the floor, and there's dirty dishes scattered around the room. And it's really irritating me. If you say it like that, it's really irritating me, then you're blaming how you feel on their actions. And now they're responsible for how you feel. And they're bad for making you feel bad. That's violent. It's subtle, but it's very powerful. So instead of saying, it's really irritating me, you just say, I feel irritated. You point out the observable fact, and then you say, I feel blank. That's it. Anything more than that is going to get you into trouble. It's going to, it's going to contain judgments, evaluations, diagnoses, opinions, and it's just most likely going to disrupt the communication process because they're going to feel triggered and defensive and they won't be able to hear what you say or they won't care really what you want because now they're in you know fight or flight mode the reason and so so you never want to say it's irritating me or it's making me mad because it's always blaming the other person now the reason we feel the way we do in any moment is always going to be based on our own thoughts and values it's not based on the action because if you change your thoughts or value system, you will change how you feel. So the clean room. If it wasn't important to you that the child had a clean room, maybe the child just got back from rehab and the clean room is the least of your worries. You just want them to be safe. So now when you go into the room and you see the room's not clean, it doesn't bother you at all because you just want them to be healthy and be off drugs. So your values just changed. So now you're not irritated. But say... No, you want them to keep a clean room because you want them to understand the power of cleanliness. So the reason why you're annoyed that the room isn't clean is because you have a value that says it's important for your child to learn the power of cleanliness. So let's go to another example, the loud music. Are you, when you go, you say, hey, um, you're playing your music right now and it's literally shaking the walls of the house. And I'm feeling annoyed. Right? That's, that's proper NBC. You brought up an observable fact and you said how you feel. But if you say, and it's making me really annoyed, now I'm blaming them. And you don't want to blame them because it's not making you annoyed. You're, why are you annoyed? You're annoyed because you value silence right then. If you were also blasting super loud music, you wouldn't care. If you were, going to go, if you were about to go out and work in the yard, you might not care either. If you were about to do an exercise workout and you wanted to hear that music, you wouldn't care either. Nothing changed except your own values and your own thoughts. That's why we never blame anyone else for how we feel. How we feel is based on our own values, our own thoughts. And that's beautiful because blaming someone else for how you feel is violent and it's not true and it doesn't feel good. So that's what the third step, after you explain, bring up the observable fact, and then express how you feel with a statement that sounds like, I feel this way. I feel upset. I feel annoyed. I feel frustrated. No, I feel as if. No, I feel like. And none of the words, none of the feelings that are not feelings, which imply that something bad has been done to you. Like, I feel tricked. I feel cheated. I feel bamboozled. I feel neglected. I feel ignored. None of those are feelings. They're all judgments. All right, so the third step is to explain why you feel the way you do. And like I said, it always comes back to a value you hold. It never is what they've done. It's always the value you hold. 
as soon as you say i'm annoyed because you're you i'm annoyed because you and then whatever follows they're going to get triggered they're going to feel defensive it's not going to work it's not going to help find a solution so let's go through the examples for the clean room your bed's unmade there's dirty dishes all over the room and i'm feeling frustrated because it's important to me for my children to know the power of cleanliness it's important to me for my children to be a success and part of living a successful life is having a clean home okay those are the values somewhere but but that's it it's always on you it's never i'm feeling annoyed because your room is a mess i'm feeling annoyed because you don't know how to clean i'm feeling annoyed because you're disrespecting the house all those are violent you're feeling annoyed because you want your children to know how to, to keep a room clean, right? So the loud music one. The You're playing your music. It's shaking the walls of the house. I'm feeling frustrated because I want silence right now. Because I want to read a book and it's really hard to read this book when my walls are shaking, right? It's always on you. It's never because I'm feeling upset because you're being disrespectful. I'm feeling upset because your music is way too loud. Those are all judgments. They don't feel good. They don't work. They're just likely to trigger. Um, the third third one, the time alone. We're cooped up in the house from this quarantine. You've brought up several times that you want to talk about politics. And I'm feeling frustrated because I want to do other things. Right? Simple as that. It's also another good point when you're doing NVC is keep it simple. Don't elaborate on things unless you have to. It should it, it it shouldn't take you shouldn't need to elaborate too much to get your point across. It can simp it's simple. So on the third step, you're doing this third step to build understanding and connection. Every step builds connection. Um, quick point too about your feelings. You want to be authentic when you express how you feel. If you're feeling furious, you don't want to say I'm feeling a little bit annoyed. You want to really authentically express how you feel. That also builds connection because we can feel it. So you, however you feel is okay. And you want to express that without blame. And that will build connection and trust. And the communica communication will, will be a lot easier. So the third step for the, uh, the time alone one. So we're cooped up. You keep saying you want to talk about politics. And I'm feeling frustrated. Because I don't want to talk about politics anymore today. It, it can be as simple as that. It, and it's honest. It's authentic. And it's not implying that they're bad or wrong. Um, yeah. That's the third step. So the fourth step is the specific request. You've, you've, you've pointed out what's wrong. You've said how you're feeling. And you've said why you feel the way you do. So that's it. It's fact, feeling, why. And then specific request. Now, this is the time when you it's your first attempt to solve the problem. And you want to find a win-win solution. You don't need to compromise. Compromise sounds good and sounds reasonable, but what's the truth of it? Neither party is happy. How about you go deeper? If you feel like you're compromising, I suggest you communicate more. What you really want to do is uncover what the need is for, for each person. And once you know the actual needs, then you can usually find a win-win solution. If the needs are vague it's hard to solve so you want to come up with a specific request not a vague request 
So in the first example, the clean room, the specific, a vague request would be, could you be more clean? Would you be willing to be more clean? What does that mean? How will you know if they are they're more clean or less clean or what percentage of more clean do they need to be to satisfy you? It's very vague and it doesn't really solve the problem. Okay. Um, a specific request would be, would you be willing to clean up your room within the next hour? Would you be willing to clean up your room every day when you come home from school? Would you be willing to clean your room once a week, every Friday? These are specific things that they can say yes or no to. Now, it has to be a request and not a demand. So if you say, would you be willing to clean your room up within the next hour? And they're like, no. And then all of a sudden you start yelling or you get really angry. Then it was a demand. A request can be refused. So whenever you ask somebody something, it's okay if they say no. That's not the end of the discussion, though. That's just now you're having now you're just communicating. You, you keep trying alternative strategies. When someone says no, that's because they have a need as well. So if you offer something, they say yes, and it works. That's great. If they say no, now you want to uncover why they said no. What's the need underneath their no? So if you ask them, would you be willing to clean your room up in the next hour? And they're like, no. And be like, okay. Um, do you have? When would you be able to? And they're like, well, I'm I'm playing this video game and I'm almost winning, and all my friends are on the game as well, and we'll be done in like two hours. I can clean it after then. That's right. It doesn't matter if it's within. You don't want to be attached to your request. Your request is one possible strategy to find a solution, but the goal is to find a solution. So if their solution, if their strategy will also solve the solution of the of, of cleaning the room, that's great. There's no problems there. That's a win-win. That's what you want. In the second one, the loud music, you come up, you point out the facts. The walls of the house are shaking. The feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling angry. Um, why? Because I'm trying to meditate. Because I want to meditate right now, and I can't with the walls of the house shaking. Um, and then the specific request, not vague. Um, like vague might be, could you turn your music down? I mean, that's kind of okay. But like, how do you know what level? You could try it. That's not terrible. Um, specific would might be, would you be willing to turn your music off for the next hour while I meditate? And they could say yes or no. Um, it could be, would you be willing to turn your music down to a certain level and we can test it out? See until the walls aren't shaking. Would you be willing to turn your music down to a level where the walls aren't shaking? That's specific. You'll know. One thing about the specific request is you'll know immediately if it's done or not. If it's hard to tell if it's done, then your request is probably vague. Another request is, would you be willing to only listen to your music this loud during certain hours of the day? Would you, or maybe, would you be willing to turn the bass down in your music so the, the walls aren't shaking? These are just requests. All right, they can be refused, and you keep. So, say you, you come up with two or three requests, and they say no, 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 no. Then kick it back to them. All right, do you have any possible? Like, is there any solution you can think of? And you just keep digging until you find it. And if if it's really challenging to find a solution, then focus on uncovering what is their need. Why are they listening to the music so loud right then? Are they in the middle of a workout, and and they need the music that loud to pump themselves up? Okay, so how about how long is your workout going to last? Okay, another 30 minutes? All right, after this 30 minutes, would you be willing to turn it down so I can meditate? That's a win-win, you know? Things like that. So some other challenges with 
this is um, some other challenges with the the request part is are it's got to be a doable request. It's got to be achievable. So if you say to someone, would you be willing to never lose your temper anymore? That's not really achievable. That's not a, that's not like how humans work. But you might say something like, would you be willing to read a book on anger management? Would you be willing to take an anger management class? Would you be willing to come to a therapy class with me? Would you be willing to take this workshop? Those are specific requests. That's what you want to do. Not vague or not undoable. Would you be willing to never forget your lose your keys again? Like that's you can't really promise that. You can't promise things in the future. Um, uh, you know that are like I'm never gonna make this mistake again. That you know. So those are the challenges with the with the one. You want to be you want to be make sure it's doable, achievable, and specific, and not a demand. If it's a demand, you know it's a demand, no matter how it's worded, because if they say no, you get angry. So, and else you don't want to be attached to your strategy. That's one possible strategy to find a solution. But there may be many strategies. So keep looking until you find a win-win. So there you go. That's a brief outline of all four steps of NVC. It is simple, but it'll probably take a lot more than that to really ingrain it. Um, Repetition is a beautiful way to learn. I really recommend Marshall Rosenberg's book. He's the creator. His book is awesome audiobook, physical book. He's got a bunch of YouTube videos. I recommend um, my book, The Art of Nonviolent Communication, available on Amazon, uh, an ebook, audiobook or paperback. And, you know, different podcasts, different shows, just get as much of the information as you can in you and practice it. Now, the truth is, even if you do perfect NVC, it doesn't mean it's going to work. Sometimes people will still get triggered. They will still be angry and they will still be hurling insults at you. And you might be like, whoa, this stuff doesn't work. It actually does work most of the time, a lot of the time. But sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, that's when you pull out the most magical, powerful, simple, profound, effective tool that I've ever come across. And it's called emergency empathy. And that is what the next episode will be about. And I also have previous episodes about emergency empathy. So feel free to go back and take a look at those or wait for the next episode to come out where we're going to do another deep dive into emergency empathy because it's so powerful. And the deeper I go, I keep learning more little nuances and how to be effective using emergency empathy. And yesterday, I had my greatest achievement because I am under quarantine. And there's a statement There's a statement that says, you think you're enlightened? Go live with your parents for a week. We'll see how enlightened you are. Well, I am back with the family, spending time around family um, while this process goes on because I I wanted to get out of the city. And uh, yeah, it's been a bit challenging. Yesterday was a big challenge and I just focused on emergency empathy and it worked beautifully. I felt like I was a kid being scolded, there's insults coming at me and and guilt trips and untruths and I just focused on emergency empathy and it actually worked. So I'll share that experience next episode. And um, yeah, I have a website, artofnbc.com, Facebook page and group, Art of NBC and an Instagram. I also offer 
one-on-one consultations. If you're going through a situation, you can call me up. We'll work it out. I can definitely give you tools and and just help you through any situation. Um, I do one-hour consultations. We can do like a free, I'm offering, we can talk for 10, if, you, if, you, if you're interested, but you're not sure if you want to, it's basically 150 an hour, but I'm offering $75 an hour right now during this quarantine process. Um, and if you're interested, but don't want to pay that much, we can call, we can talk for a few minutes, up to like 5, 10, 15 minutes, and see if we're a match. And yeah, I also offer... A lot of people start learning NVC and now they want and they've got to send a message to somebody and they're not sure if it's truly nonviolent. And I offer a service of $20 to look at any message or email you're about to send and I can make sure it's nonviolent. So if you're interested in those, you can email me at artofnvc at gmail.com or you can contact me through uh, my uh, Instagram or Facebook page. So. Thank you guys for listening. I hope this brings value to you. Feel free to ask me any questions. I might answer them on the podcast. And enjoy your day. Talk to you soon.